So what is person-centred care and how does our choice of language impact on people with diabetes? Hi everyone and welcome to the ADEA podcast mini-series on person-centred care, sponsored by the National Diabetes Services Scheme, an initiative of the Australian Government administered with the assistance of Diabetes Australia. My name is Jan Orford, a long-term ADEA member and I will be your host. Today we will be introducing you to the concept of person-centred care and some issues around the use of language and how these issues impact on people with diabetes and their health outcomes. We will also talk about how these issues fit into person-centred care practice. Joining me today is a pharmacist CDE, Kiralee Chambers. Kiralee is the Jan Baldwin National CDE of the Year in 2016. Thank you for your time today, Kiralee. You're welcome. Let's start with the actual definition of person-centred care. What is it exactly? So the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare has defined person-centred care as the healthcare that is respectful of and responsive to the preferences, needs and values of patients and consumers. Okay, so that tells us what it is. Can you tell us why person-centred care is so important and what does it really look like in practice? There is evidence that most people want to play an active part in their own care and want us as health professionals to help them to do so. Person-centred care approaches such as shared decision-making and self-management support aim to enable people to play a more active role in defining the outcomes that are important to them, deciding the treatment and support that is best for them and managing their health and care. There is evidence that people who are given both the opportunity and the support to make decisions about their treatment and care in partnership with their healthcare professionals are more satisfied in their care. Thank you for your clarification, Irelina. I would certainly totally agree with you. In my experience as a health professional, I found it was always more rewarding for both the person with diabetes and myself if we were able to sort of set and achieve goals that worked for both of us. And I guess one of the areas that springs to mind for me is setting ranges for blood glucose levels, actually getting the person with diabetes to determine what those goals might be that, and that worked for them and then helping them to perhaps temper those targets to what might be achievable was always more likely to achieve success. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yes, it's very important. So perhaps could you tell me, um, you mentioned about Diabetes Australia position statement on the use of language and I wonder what that means for us as health professionals in our practice. Sure, so Diabetes Australia released a position statement in 2010 which focuses on the person with the health condition. The focus is on the person rather than condition and emphasises the language we as healthcare professionals use. To, um, we need to use it as a tool to support people with diabetes in their daily healthcare efforts. I feel that this position statement has not widely been embraced among our colleagues. I really encourage everyone to have a look at this document and be aware of the language we use with health conditions such as diabetes to identify improvements. 
So having said that, what are our roles as health professionals in this context? We as healthcare professionals often are in a position where words we can use can influence individuals. Negative words or phrases can be demotivating and can lead to feelings of guilt and distress. You mention um, the use of negative words and phrases. I'm wondering if you could provide some examples which might help us as health professionals to embrace this language position statement and, and put these things into practice in our, in our clinical practice. For some examples that are easily identified and can potentially improved upon are the word diabetic. It's important to identify a person first and a disease state second. A person should never lose their identity and should never become a, a disease state. Diabetes is simply one part of an individual and that person is multifaceted. The word control, using such words as control can imply unintentionally that there is judgment and criticism and it's generally not helpful. A word such as management can be a much more appropriate option. Words such as poor or good and bad may be taken to mean that the individual is acting inappropriately or irresponsibly. We are all aware even when the collaborative efforts are made and individuals are self-managing well, blood glucose levels will not always respond appropriately. Test is another word that can indicate that there's a pass or a failure mark and again can be very demotivating for people with diabetes. And the other one that comes to mind a lot is the words chronic illness versus chronic health condition. The word illness can often indicate that a person is sick. Living with a health condition does not necessarily mean this and again positive reinforcement can shape behaviours, beliefs and thoughts. While all this sounds like very small points, whether we as health professionals are choosing correct wording um, is very important. I will use the following example to illustrate my point further. Imagine you have two five-year-old children of equal intelligence. One child is told that his whole childhood that he is intelligent and can achieve anything he wants, providing he works hard and puts his mind to it. On the other hand, the other child who is not given the same praise and grows up not to realise his same potential. Words are very powerful and can be very motivating or can be just as effective as to demotivate an individual. Careful use of language applies to health professionals, health services, people with diabetes and their carers, and family, friends, and social media. We need to be conscious that there is a significant amount of guilt associated with diabetes and identify areas where we can make positive impacts. Language can also create barriers to communica communication with person-centred care. It is important that we as healthcare professionals use engaging words to ensure people with diabetes do not feel judged. Appropriate language also acknowledges guilt, frustration and distress that individuals with diabetes can feel every day when managing their condition. Positive language also creates a balance between the consumer and the professional, allowing a free exchange of information, self-management choices and better health outcomes. Kiralee, we've covered a lot of information in this session today and I wanted to thank you very much on behalf of the listeners for your support and time. And I guess last but not least, what would be your take-home message for our listeners from today's discussion? Yes, certainly my take-home message today is that the use of language has the power to shape thoughts, beliefs and behaviours. Improving communication by being mindful of the terms we use can only improve health outcomes.
and I would certainly encourage everyone to have a look at Diabetes Australia's position statement on language and that's available in the description on this podcast on the ADA website. So please take time to, to have a look at it and use that in terms of thinking about how you might implement this in your daily practice. Thank you once again for your time today, Kiralee. Thank you, Jan, and thank you for the listeners. And thank you from me as well to the members of ADEA for listening today. And don't forget, this is just the first in a series of three podcasts on person-centred care. Uh, So please keep an eye out for the next one on person-centred care and psychological issues coming shortly. Thank you and goodbye.